Hey friends, we're back for another episode of the Wisdom of the Wilderness recording here from the pouring rain in Arizona today. It is a very neat desert day. The smell of creosote is in the air. The Catalinas are clouded over and uh, we've had a couple rolling thunderstorms come through here. So it's been quite neat to experience this rain in the desert because, you know, most people are thinking, hey, deserts are dry and they don't get rain and there's spiny things and snakes and whatnot. But it's actually one of the most diverse ecosystems out there. And it is my favorite is the desert. And uh, like I said, recording now live from the Sonoran Desert. So today I was going to talk about some of my favorite things in the desert and some of the wisdom, the meanings behind some of the animals and some of the plants that I have spent a lot of time with over the past couple months. Like I said, the desert draws me. It has for quite some time, whether that was taking a bus course, whether that was exploring the desert every chance I get. Um, Even the parts of the desert in BC, up by uh, Kelowna, Penticton, Osoyoos, Naramata, Okay Falls, uh, just it's gorgeous, it's always drawn me. And you know, there's plenty of beautiful places out there. This is just the one that speaks the most to me and where I feel the most at home, being able to see 360 degrees in most places. Uh, the open landscapes, the pick your trail. Um, remember that one of the first times I hiked in Arizona, we we're just gonna go to peak, whatever, call it 3334. And we parked the vehicle and looked across. I was like, cool, we're just gonna walk over that way and go to the top of that thing there was no trail to navigate no intersecting trails forest roads or whatnot it was open desert and uh, we did our thing in a leave no trace way so very excited for that but anyways so we're gonna have a couple different different things coming up here today and uh, this will all be in the show notes but we're gonna have some information about saguaro cactuses which are my favorite cactus the Roadrunner, the Owl, the Desert Tortoise, and the Ocotillo. So, without any further ado, uh, why don't we get started? Saguaro Cactus, uh, the icon of the desert southwest, if you will. Icon of many of the western movies, regardless of where they were actually set. Many were filmed in Arizona with the saguaros in the background. Uh, or they'd be filmed in Monument Valley and called Texas. But uh, the Saguaro Cactus... Icon of the Southwest, they have 175 years, can be their lifespan, which is crazy. Just thinking of that, thinking, hey, you know, in in rough numbers, uh, those saguaros that are I'm looking at now were uh, babies in 1800. What is all the cool stuff that they would have seen? Um, seeing, you know, the Native American tribes moving, seeing the expansion of the railroad west seeing um the mexican american war uh, all kinds of crazy things all kinds of history um but yeah so they have a very long lifespan and they can store hundreds of gallons of water uh, obviously that's hundreds of liters rough numbers a gallon is uh 3.78 liters so lots more liters than gallons and um, when it does rain, that is what they can store. So they have these amazing little cells that can swell up and they keep water for times of drought. They've also got these crazy tap roots that go super deep um, down into the groundwater sources, as well as a huge network of surficial roots that spread out quite wide. So when it does rain, they are absorbing everything they, they can from the surface and then getting what they can as it percolates quickly down to the groundwater. Like I said, it was pouring rain. It's been stopped for 
maybe 15 minutes and uh this lake is already starting to dry up a little bit it's it's really neat to see but okay um swarves have been in the southwest for thousands of years and uh they seem to be doing absolutely fine with all the temperature changes that happen. Um, you know, they are desert things. They are very sensitive to it, but uh, they are doing their thing. The last few years, there's been no sign of diminishment of any of the saguaros. They are just super adapted to this, and, you know, they've experienced more more man cold in the past, so they're doing their thing well. The saguaros are home to a number of species out there. Uh, just to name a few, uh, elf owls, Harris's hawk, the Gila woodpecker, and others. Um, you might see, you know, the saguaro I'm looking at right now has got a couple little holes in it, and some type of bird has been out there. I can't tell you which one because there's tons that are out there, and there's birds flitting about everywhere. There's hummingbirds everywhere. There's ristras everywhere. But they provide a lot of habitat. Uh, their vibrant flowers and the juicy fruit offer nectar, moisture, and food for many different desert dwellers, um, animals, or mammals, bats, and uh, insects, and a variety of birds. And then when they do um, die, they fall over, they have a slow decay, they're in the desert, and then they have these really cool ribs that show up. But that as well supports other animals and supports the desert floor. It's very similar to nurse logs in the coastal rainforest uh, where I grew up. Um, you know, the cedars fall over, and then as they decompose, they are also offering their nutrition up and their minerals and whatnot up to the um, seedlings which are growing. So we get a huge network of that. I strongly suspect that uh, saguaros are also communicating through their mycorrhizal network and their uh, tap roots just as many of the trees are. There's some great books and resources uh, about how plants communicate, which is just super cool, super cool to figure out. Uh, the saguaros are very important, instrumental in the desert ecosystem. One could say they're a keystone species. Um, <clears throat> they are a major source of life for many things, and as well as they had um, a big role in diverse cultures and communities throughout history. Um, in the past, from, I'm sure, groups of people that aren't even named, uh, as well as to the present day. The, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right. Tohono Udom see them as their ancestors. One of the creation stories of saguaro is that saguaro was a child that was then turned into saguaro so the Udum people honor the saguaro as their ancestor and use the cactus for many spiritual purposes I touched a bit earlier but the the saguaro cactus is deeply rooted both literally and figuratively metaphorically in the land the history and the traditions of the southwest this was some great information I found from a uh, University of Arizona website. So I'm going to source them in the show notes, and you can check that out if you're interested. Uh, and as always, I'd like to get into the spiritual meaning because, you know, I'm very drawn to them. Um, what might be some of the lessons and some of the wisdom that they have to share with us? So a number of different keywords. Um, cactus, saguaro cactus can represent strength, resilience, the ability to adapt to challenging situations and environments. Cactus or cactus, people connected with cactus uh, can thrive where others struggle to survive. Uh, for example, the cactus in the harsh arid conditions, um, you might be drawn to cactus and live in a different type of the world, maybe the frozen tundra of the Yukon or Kalahari, somewhere else. Um, that's it. Uh, 
the saguaro has become, or the cactus has become a symbol of endurance, determination, and the capacity to withstand adversity. Sort of goes, uh, you know, just thinking about the cactus too, we've got lots of spines that uh, deter people from things. Um, they have a very long lifespan, it takes a long time to grow, and when they do, you know, they have the endurance and the determination to do it. And especially the adversity, it's a challenging environment for, for many species out here. So humans um, notwithstanding, you know, a lot of electricity and a lot of construction uh, has been used for people to live here, which at the same time, people were living here hundreds of years ago without any of these and still maintaining their lifestyle. So, you know, what does it say? Interesting, uh, interesting food for thought there. Spiritually, um, cactus is a reminder that even in difficult circumstances, we can grow and flourish with the right mindset and determination. You know, just think of, you know, it's raining, doesn't rain very much in the desert, you've got harsh dry conditions. What is that nourishment that you're getting in your life? Are you surviving? Are you thriving in things where you may not be getting the support that others require? Um, might be an indication that you're connected with a cactus. Cactuses can also be a symbol of importance for the importance of self-preservation and to set boundaries to protect yourself from harm. You know, self-preservation and protection. We've got the sharp spines. We've got the, uh, you know, the, the water storage capacity. We've got all the things that deter animals and people from touching them or harvesting their fruit. If, if you've ever tried to harvest a prickly pear and make a margarita, <clears throat> yep, uh, they're covered in a lot of little tiny hairs and they get into everything and they're really prickly and they sometimes stick in your hand for quite a while. Speaking from personal experience. So, you know, it's, uh, it is a thing that can um, be a thing, but important to know because it's important to have your boundaries and know what you're okay with and what you're not okay with and when to put up your shields and, uh, you know, when to lower them for um, who you're into your life. So, yeah, uh, to touch real quickly, um, just with some keywords on this, um, the spiritual aspects of cactus, adaptability, because they thrive in harsh environments and adapt to different conditions. So, again, that touches on our ability to survive and grow through challenging times. Growth doesn't happen generally in the easy things. It happens in the hard things, such as when you DNF a 100-mile race, um, when you go through a breakup, when you lose your job. That's when the growth and reassessment happens. Uh, protection is the next keyword. Um, you know, the, the spines and the very, very tough exterior of the cactus um, visualize the way we need to protect ourselves from both physical harm and emotional harm. So, you know, be aware of your situation, protect yourself. Uh, spiritual meaning of cactus is solitude. You know, they, well, they can be called cactus forests. Uh, they're often on their own by themselves. It's not like seeing a row of corn or you know, a thicket of uh, blackberries or raspberries being grown out there um, by themselves. So, you know, when we think of solitude, it, there's important roles for inner growth, self-discovery, and reflection. Endurance uh, kind of goes on its own. They are resilient, and um, their ability to store water sort of alludes to our ability to endure hardships and to persevere when things are challenging, specifically the conditions in which we're in. There's some great... Uh, memes or quotes out there with, you know, if, think of yourself as a plant and are you watering a plant? 
Are you not watering a plant? What is the environment you're growing in? You can be growing surrounded in trash and not doing very well or growing in a nourishing, nurturing environment. So food for thought. Um, spiritual growth, you know, the when the cactus does bloom and the flowers do come out and the fruit do come out, um, it can just be all of a sudden, hey, pow, the cactus are blooming. I know I saw some great photos. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. Um, saw some great photos on Sunday of a friend who was out on the Ocotillo or blooming already in uh, mid-January in Arizona, which is really cool to see, but it can just all of a sudden happen. So, you know, spiritual growth can just all of a sudden happen. It's called a spiritual awakening. Um, connecting to your inner beauty, a transformation of some kind. All of a sudden, one day you might wake up and realize, hey, things are only going to change if I change them. And you start taking those steps. Um, the keyword for cacti is healing because um, it's traditional medicine. It ha- cactuses have been traditional medicine for centuries. Nopales or nopalitos are a traditional food in Mexico. Um, there are many salves and balms which are made with them. Um, I know saguaro are one of the prickly pear, a variety of different cactus, uh, cacti are uh, in my traditional and medicinal foods of the desert book. Uh, highly recommend checking that out if you are someone who likes to know what uh, is living in the environment and know um, the medicinal and the edible values of the foods, the plants which are right out here. Gives a level of self-sufficiency and awareness that's very useful. Uh, balance. Um, you know, cactus uh, can be seen as a representing the need to maintain a balance between our physical and our emotional needs, um, giving and receiving in relationships. You know, what are you giving and receiving with people? Um, you know, with the water that the cactus stores, water is considered very connected to the emotional body. So, you know, which is pouring rain here, what is the rain cleansing away? Um, but also what is the cactus absorbing to, to then be nourished with? Some good questions. And last, uh, wisdom, you know, so are old, they're ancient. I think I was out at Tortolita probably, I was running, it just felt like I was surrounded by grandmotherly, grandfatherly energy with these old, old saguaro, many arms on them. Um, depending on what source you find, you know, if you see saguaro start off as a single, single stock, and then they can add arms. Uh, some say after 40 years, some say after 100 years, it really just depends. So, you know, when you're looking at one with multiple arms, you're looking at one that are up to 40 feet tall. Um, those have been there for a while, so they have seen a lot, and they just have a presence about them. It's like seeing the old-growth cedar trees or the redwoods or being in the in the rainforest. Um, there's just an energy and a presence around when you're connected to that. So, you know, with that and the ability to survive in harsh conditions and survive and conserve water, um, we get the wisdom of learning from experience and using our resources wisely. So, yeah, that is... That is the saguaro. Uh, we're going to move on to the roadrunner. Uh, the roadrunners are awesome. I had actually never seen a roadrunner in person. I'd seen um, Wiley Coyote try and catch him in the cartoons when I was a kid. And I hope most people recognize that as a reference to the things from when I was young. Um, there's a lot about the roadrunner. Um, you know, the... There's a few different meanings about it. Um, generally, they're little birds that uh, that run around on the ground. You know, they not little birds, but yeah, birds. Uh, they can measure uh, around 20 inches long. That would be somewhere around uh, 
30, uh, around 45 centimeters, I guess, half a meter. Uh, for those who use a metric system, as you can tell, it did not come naturally for me. Um, but uh, the running stride can be almost as long as the runner is tall. So they can run up to 16 miles an hour, which is pretty good because 20 miles an hour is 30K an hour. So 25, 16 miles an hour, 25K-ish. Um, so, you know, with that, we get the roadrunner associated with momentum, movement, swiftness, changing directions, being, being out there. Um, they have great courage, stamina, and strength. Um, they're always out there hunting too. They don't go after anything too big, but they will uh, go back and forth and just exhaust the prey before they finally make their kill. Uh, they're such with thinking on your feet and motivation. You know, um, the roadrunner's fast. They're out there running, and you have to think on your feet and adapt to, to all kinds of different things that are out there. Um, for, for motivation, um, you know, it's, it's a big keyword for that. Um, get out there and do something for you. So Roadrunner warns us that if, you know, we're, we're not being active, if we're not taking steps toward our goals, um, get off your ass and get out there and do it. Um, you know, if you're, if you're just looking around for someone else to do stuff for you, that can, really diminish the light that's shining within you. So if you have a way to get out there and do it, get out there and do it. Uh, Roadrunner's witty and smart, you know. <laughs> Go watch the Roadrunner cartoons. <laughs> that didn't just happen. Um, so one of the, the implorations is, you know, can you use your sense of humor to, um, to work anywhere people feel uncomfortable? You know, the, using humor to um, de-escalate situations or to to bring people together really, you know, lowers things. It can take a lot of the tension away and, you know, it's often, well, it's more fun anyway. So, um, roadrunners can often, often find it, um, easy to laugh at themselves. So that's good. Uh, we get luck and protection, follow the roadrunner around. Um, they're lucky, you know, uh, a lot of things have changed since that first roadrunner I saw up on a mountain. And, uh, there's been a lot of, new opportunities and new things coming my way just since uh, early November. So, you know, that's good. Uh, roadrunners also um, protect, can protect against negative energy. So just be aware of things and um, always, always be aware of your circumstances, situational awareness. You know, the roadrunner knows what's going on around it and is aware of who's in the desert, who's doing what, who's hanging out. Uh, a couple more things we've seen um, with Roadrunner. Uh, Roadrunner built to have great intellect and stay active, focused, and engage in social things happy. Um, they uh, find it very easy to engage with people. They might say charismatic or good manners, poise. Um, how can you apply those things in everyday life? Um, really tend to be good with people and at the same time have a whimsical side so you can have fun and adventure and just balance things. Um, that's one of the good ones. And it's um, adaptable is a last big keyword. Um, they adapt to the harsh environments. You know, the roadrunners are found in the desert. I'm down here in Southern Arizona and they're, they're around. Uh, they were up on the cold water course. I saw one for the 100 miler. So, you know, just again, to reiterate some of the things, um, quick thinking, thinking on your feet, uh, quick action and flexibility. Um, endurance, luck and protection, strength and stamina on the wings. Um, 
Again, they're found throughout the Southwest um, from the spiritual aspects with um, some of the native peoples here, the Hopi Pueblo, ancestral Pueblo and Zanasazi. Um, they're thought to chase away bad spirits um, as well as confuse spirits with their footprints so the bad spirits wouldn't uh, come and enter places. Um, Roadrunners were seen as good luck and the feathers could go in the baby's beds for protection. Um, the shape of the roadrunner footprints became a magical ward against evil. So there are still images of roadrunner tracks in rock art all around, including from by those from the Mogollon culture. So that is very cool. We've got lots of neat little stories about them and yarns and whatnot, but that's okay. Okay, uh, moving on to the owl. Uh, owl's not one that I thought might... Um, happen up, but it just happened to be uh, one that is very, um, very much in my awareness now. You know, there's some owls where I've been spending a lot of time in the background. Um, and it's been neat to see, you know, the different ways that they, they move through their environment. Um, they'll be active uh, right around sunrise, and then they're active again around sunset. There's a couple that have been living up in a tree, which I see frequently, so it's been neat to figure their routines and see what they do and how they communicate and start heading out on their hunting um, hunting trips later on and in the evening. Um, yeah, so I think they're great horned owls, and they're just it's neat just to see them, to look up in the tree and go, whoa, there's an owl right there. I mean, I've, owls are not animals I've seen very many of in my life, so this has been quite the, the enjoyable situation for me. <clears throat> um, we've got, again, the Jamie Sams and uh, the deck that I quite often use um, for owl medicine. We're symbolically associated with clairvoyance, astral projection, and magic, both black and white. Owl is called night eagle on several medicine wheels used by American Indian teachers. Traditionally, owl sits in the east, the place of illumination. Since time immemorial, humanity has been afraid of the night, the dark, and the unseen, waiting fearfully for that first crack of morning light. Owl understands the divine magic of right and wrong. Like the moon, the owl's night medicine maintains a powerful grip on the human psyche. It teaches lessons of confronting fears, protecting personal power, and unveiling the sacred truth within. Owl calls us to do great spiritual work, which can sometimes seem messy and complicated. But oral awakening is the reward, a removal of the shadow, shadow so we see truth in all its glorious luminosity. When you hear the owl's call, especially in the deepest dark of night, don't ignore it. You've been called to do sacred and important work, key to spiritual enlightenment and atonement. The truth is waiting to be revealed. Follow the call and discover what awaits. So that's owl and quite the quite the neat neat stuff one might venture to say hey all right the next thing that we come up to in this selection is the desert tortoise and um what's really really neat for me is it was about the second trip I ever made to Arizona. I flew down in the late aughts and was here for the weekend. And maybe it was Halloween weekend. I don't even remember now. I know it was in the fall. And we went out hiking. 
And uh, first we spooked a rattlesnake, so that was cool. That's still the only rattlesnake I've seen in Arizona. Uh, I've seen a couple in Colorado um, and a couple in BC, but uh, we did that. And then uh, on our return hike, we were just hiking along, and I was like, huh, hey, check it out. There's like a turtle over there. My buddy's like, dude, that's a desert tortoise. And I was like, oh, cool, desert tortoise. Like, that's neat. And he goes, no, you don't get it. People will spend their entire lives venturing out in the desert to try and see a desert tortoise, and they may never see one. I was like, huh, well, that's cool. I just happen to fly down from Colorado, and we're out on a trail, and of all things, like we see desert tortoises. So that was really cool. Um, and I haven't seen one yet this trip. Uh, I say yet because we never know. Maybe I'm gonna see one. Hard to say. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to give a little bit of information and some of the themes associated with the tortoise. Um, the big ones. Um, it's desert tortoises are one of the longest living creatures on Earth. They can live eighty to one hundred and ten years, which is a very, very long amount of time. A lot of stuff uh, can happen in that amount of time, quite obviously, because, you know, you've got stuff. Uh, if anybody wants to read a bit more about the desert tortoise, um, Hey Duke Lives by Edward Abbey. Um, part of that story follows a desert tortoise, and you get to experience some things through uh, Abbey's writing of the tortoise. It was very neat. Um, but yeah, so uh, desert tortoises can live 80 to 100 years in one of the harshest environments. Um, you know, think of the Sonoran Desert out here. Extreme temperatures, scarce water and food, very similar to the saguaro. Um, but they're adapted to it. They can slow their metabolism when resources are scouse. They can store up to a year's worth of water in their bladder. So if you have to pee, um, just think about that. Isn't that insane? Super cool. Uh, and then they also burrow underground. So if it gets hot, they just burrow down there and wait for it to cool down. Pretty uh, pretty good deal. Um, something I wish more humans were aware of, of um, building into the ground and using the natural cooling and warming of the ground instead of wasting tons of resources on square boxes. But that's just me. Um, so the desert tortoise, um, patient endurance. Um, you know, they're... <laughs> They're enduring a lot. They're experiencing a lot. So, you know, you're going to bury yourself for, who knows, an hour, a couple hours, a couple days, a couple weeks, a season. Um, they can make them like, oh, my God, I just heard an owl in the background. Two owls. There's two owls out there now. Of course, I know if I go outside and try and get it, I won't hear them, but there are two owls out there right now. Um, so yeah, so tortoises are a symbol of perseverance, determination, resilience, and sort of the quiet strength and wisdom that you see because they've been around for so long. Um, stability and reliability are connected to the desert's tortoise. Um, they tend to be in the same area there pretty much their whole life. They'll travel familiar paths, uh, kind of make their circuit. Um, so we know it's stable. They're in, they're stable. They, they know their terrain, they know it well, um, you know, so that, that evokes the sense of um, maintaining consistency through life's changes, um, you know, being a stable source for people who um, may be having challenging times. Um, next up we've got, um, they're deliberate and thoughtful, you know, very deliberate. They're, hey, if it's hot, we're going to 
bury ourselves and not think about other things, just go get hot and bury ourselves. So, you know, as well, um, it's a slower pace of life. They're not moving that quickly. So that connects us with some of the meanings around wisdom, um, strategic thinking, um, decision-making, uh, guidance on um, what deliberate action you're going to take. And then in um, some of the Eastern cultures, um, Taurus was seen to be the embodiment of thoughtful planning. Um, one of the other ones is um, responsibility. You know, the the tortoise is carrying its shell around. It's almost going around with him the whole time. Um, you know, it provides shelter, provides protection. Um, you know, it helps them to bury underground, but it's also a responsibility to carry that the whole time. Um, in several different cultures, um, the tortoise can support the weight of things. We've got Turtle Island, Tortoise Island, perhaps. Um, to the Sari people of Mexico, the tortoise holds up the world. And then in Hindu mythology, tortoises support the weight of elephants that are carrying the planet on their backs. Uh, and finally, I kind of touched on this early, um, protection, safety, and security. The, they have a tough shell, uh, protection. And, oh, there's some, I thought I saw a roadrunner, but it's quail, quail on a roof. Um, so with that shell, we've got protection, safety, and security. Um, some of the native tribes incorporated aspects of the turtle shell into their shields to provide some of that protection. So in, in a broader way, tortoises and turtles represent the protective shelter we all seek in life, a hearth, a home, um, shelter from the elements as it will. So there's a lot of respect and appreciation for these creatures and these um, tortoises are very wise and very old. So, you know, then the, the big thing I think of when I think of turtle or tortoise is endurance and just long endurance, the tortoise and the hare, just keep going, keep being consistent. You will continue to plot along, do your thing. You just be consistent it will work out. So that's, yeah, that's what I've got for the tortoise. Um, some neat things from the desert. Some very, very cool things and lots of different aspects of what is um, happening out here. So, you know, these are some of the things that draw me and some of the things that I've connected with just in the past little bit. And I thought it might be helpful to to share with some other desert aficionados, as it were, or um, those who are just interested and curious. And uh, with that, I can hear the rains picking up again, and I can see, ooh, the Catalines have cleared out, but we've got another wall of black clouds coming in. Um, so with all of that, I think we're going to call this an episode here. Do a quick edit, and we'll have this published out. Um, as always, if you appreciate this, please share it with someone you know. Um, tag a friend. Give me a review on your podcasting platform. I know we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, several other things. Uh, I use Apple, so yeah. Hooray. Um, that's all there. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to message me at cactus moose uh, on instagram or cactus moose at protonmail.com and that i think is going to uh guess out here looks like about fifth people from about five zero countries have listened at some point to this so that's pretty cool and uh we've got some really interesting demographics here for uh 
who and where and devices. So looks like 82% are uh, on iPhones. Hooray! But all right, we are going to go, I think I'm going to go put my feet in one of these mud puddles here and just uh, ground myself and connect to the desert because, like I said, I wish I could bottle up the smell of creosote and the desert rains for everyone to to connect to when they are feeling sad or low or a lot of different things. So, all right, friends, until uh, next week, we uh, wish you a wonderful week. We hope you get a chance to hop outside, breathe in some fresh air, grind yourself and connect to nature in whatever way that you can. And we will catch you next week for another episode of The Wisdom of the Wilderness.